th there's many things that are now going around the water utilities. Which one would you say is the one that has been you have hearing most from from the customers you have been visiting? Which, which is the the top that they have in their mind? Well, it's a variety of challenges. Um, so what we did, we, we had the privilege uh, two years back to to make a deep interview with a number of, of utilities in Nordics. So we raised the question that that what, what kind of challenges do they see and and how do they find solutions for for, for it? And uh, obviously, it depends a bit about the size of, of the utility itself, but but uh, it, I would say in particular, they talk very much about the urbanization uh, that is happening and uh, have been happening obviously for, for decades, but they clearly see the impact of, of urbanization, not only that people is moving into to cities and, or out from, from certain places, but, but the same city can see both moving away from certain areas and into other areas. And at the same time, they need need to both renovate the system uh, that they have and the asset that they have, and at the same time, build completely new living areas. So, so it's a mixture of, of challenges that, that they see. Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vesalo. Hey, welcome back, urbanistas. It's so nice to be back in your ears. Hey, if you work at a water utility or you are responsible for a water network, you don't want to miss this episode. This will be really insightful for you because we have a very special guest today. A guest that, well, knows a thing or two about this, about the challenges that the water utilities, the network, the water network managers have on a daily basis. And we are going to discuss lots of interesting things, so you cannot miss this episode. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Magnus Landin, uh, working with Upnor uh, Infra. Uh, I've spent many years inside the company and uh, at the moment I'm responsible for the what we call drinking water solutions inside Yupanor, uh, a, a wide assortment of products. Magnus, it's so nice to have you to have you today. So thank you for coming. And as Thanks. I was saying in the introduction, yeah, there are many challenges that our colleagues, uh, our partners in, in water utilities are facing at this point. There are many things that we, we, we can touch, but if we can start from, from somewhere, we know that urbanization continues. There are challenges with the cities growing faster than, well, what the networks or the, or the infrastructure can, can, can grow. Some of the old assets are, well, getting older. Uh, these are difficult financial times. Of course, money is always, it's always an issue. Uh, th there's many things that, are now going around the water utilities. Which one would you say is the one that has been, you have hearing most from, from the customers you have been visiting? Which is the, the top that they have in their mind? Well, it's a variety of challenges. Um, so what we did, we, we had the privilege uh, two years back to, to make a deep 
interview with a number of, of utilities in Nordics. So we raised the question that, that what, what kind of challenges do they see and, and how do they find solutions for, for, for it? And, uh, and obviously it depends a bit about the size of, of the utility itself, but, but uh, I would say in particular, they talk very much about the urbanization uh, that is happening and uh, have been happening obviously for, for decades but they clearly see the impact of, of urbanization. Not only that people is moving into to cities and, or out from, from certain places, but, but the same city can see both moving away from certain areas and into other areas. And at the same time, they need, need to both renovate the system that they have and the asset that they have, and at the same time, build completely new living areas so it's a mixture of, of uh, challenges that, that they see certainly there's as you mentioned there's different challenges that the big urban um, centers are facing versus the small towns or smaller uh, municipalities so if we start uh, well with the big ones with the big cities in the nordics and one thing is that as you mentioned, well, people is moving because of economic reasons, because of businesses, many things. They are moving to these big cities which are, which are getting bigger and bigger and bigger every time. And uh, how, how are they, how is the infrastructure situation there? Because for the most part, Nordic cities are old. So the installed infrastructure, it's old as well, several decades already, or maybe more than 100 years, I don't know. So one hand is what's happening with this old infrastructure? And in the other hand is if they are growing, are they keeping up the pace to build new? Yeah. So how do you see this between this mix between trying to renew, renovate the old one and building new infrastructure for water distribution? It's a, it, it is as you, you touched here, it, it, it is a challenge um, in man, many areas, more people is moving into to, to already populated area. And that means obviously both that the infrastructure itself is old and needs to be renovated, but also in other places where, where it may be so that the, the infrastructure is even okay, but its pipes are, are too small, so it cannot really cope with the increased population. Because this is actually talking about old cities, which the design of the city itself, the streets and everything, um, well, it's small or it has a very reduced space. So if anyway we have to open the street and, and change the whole pipeline there in any given, any given street, there's very reduced space to, to maneuver, to install things. So the street is what it is. The buildings are what they are. We cannot move them, of course, but then the the whole system, the pipes, and perhaps the, the different types of chambers that can go there, so they need to be adapted. So it's not we are not talking about so much standard products, standard pipes, standard chambers that they can fit. There's the same type of sizes or dimensions. So there should be a need for very specific customization 
Yeah, in those, it is in, in those things. Bo both for customized solutions as well as sta standard products, of course. But but uh, auto lifetime is very important. I mean, when they do a renovation now in in very dense populated areas, it's expensive, and the lifetime of the new products is obviously also very important. The lifetime, so that has to do with. The material, the raw material in which they are made of? Mater material and design of, of the products, yeah. Because which are mainly the materials that are now still on the use, the most popular materials you have seen? Well, historically, there is a combination here of polyethylene, polypropylene and PVC. But I think the trend goes more and more to polypropylene and polyethylene. And what about all the materials other than plastic? I mean, still, I mean, specifically for water, drinking water distribution, are they still using, I mean, any other metal, concrete or, or any or other materials? It's used in, in uh, certain areas, depending on, on what they have been used to, to, to work with in the history. So it's, so the majority, I think, is polyethylene, but also uh, cast iron inductile system is used. But then if we talk about the lifetime of those different types of materials, it's most likely that plastic lasts longer than, uh, can you elaborate more? What, what would be more cost-efficient? Poly polyethylene as such have a very high lifetime if it's a, a certified material. I mean, it has more than 100 years lifetime, the, the raw material itself. So it's it, it's a good selection uh, if, if the design of the product itself is as it should be. So that is in the case of, well, they need to open up again the street because the the pipes or the line going, the part of the network going through that street, well, it's it's needed to, to replace. That's pretty clearly renovation. Yes. And in terms of building new, I mean, they are building a new set of houses or a new um, um, residential area or office business hub uh, there. When there's this street that is very narrow and well, they have to open and because they have to renovate, mm -hmm. they have to renovate all the infrastructure there. So that is one, one scenario. The other scenario is when they need to build completely new, completely yeah. new um, infrastructure, which means that means more money, more investment. So have you heard anything about what's the level of investment between renewing and building new? I think that depends very much about the utility itself. But many popular areas nowadays close to water is heavily contaminated. And that that's obviously a challenge itself. To, to be able to put new water pipelines in, into very contaminated soils. So, so they're, they need to have the special product for that purpose. Pollution, yeah, contamination, that is, well, actually that is one of the, I mean, we may not fully control, that is completely out of our control, either if the water or the water pipeline needs to go through uh, a land which is contaminated because whatever industrial activity was there before. So that is that is one aspect of pollution. Um, so is that how common is, is is that situation 
the the underground is is polluted in in I mean you are in the south of Sweden at the moment we are, we are in Finland but yeah. in the rest at large in the Nordics how how often is that it is quite quite common especially in the bigger cities and in those former industrial areas which may have been closed down and new living areas is growing up in those places there is quite often a problem with contamination in the ground but there are solutions for that purpose as well so, so that can be handled actually yes because if if we do not know exactly what is the situation of the ground down there then what do we do which type of uh pipes are are would you suggest are the best ones to to install it whether we know that is polluted soil or we have no idea what is down there yeah so so, so norm normal plastic pipes is not perhaps the best to, to select in those places so it should be with a barrier uh, layer uh, so in that respect uh, certain plastic pipes is very good with, with fully welded seam uh, or alternative is also ductile iron, which is having this barrier solution. So a specific pipe with, with, with barrier or specific barrier protection, which may protect against anything or everything. So what we could find down there, I mean, residues of industrial, previous industrial activity can be oil, can be, be oil, diesel or, or different kind of petrol uh, components. Hydrocarbons. I mean, if yeah, it's yeah, oil-based, yeah. all, all kind of uh, oil-based uh, um, yeah, materials is hydrocarbons. So then the pipe needs to be quite resistant or, or certified, actually proven yeah. that is resistant for that. And have to ensure that it has the, the barrier that, that th those pollution or contamination will not be able to penetrate the wall of the pipe. Okay, that's that's one. Okay, when we are, well, we don't know if the soil that we want to put the, the pipeline through is contaminated or not. Um, okay, we need to ensure that. What about the source, the, the water sources that, uh, because we are mentioning, we are talking about pollution. So whether the water comes from a surface source or is like very deep in inside of the of the ground, the the, the water mantle. Mm -hmm. So the water down there may not necessarily be as clean, or the water quality may not be as good. Or what's the what have you seen True. in the different? Uh, what, what the customers told us, uh, because we we very much discussed that topic in this interview series we did, and they said that they are in general not so impacted on, let's say, the, the waters as, as itself. So, so there is enough of, of raw water for, for their need. But the problem is that the 10 years back or 20 years back, the quality level was very stable. But due to, to climate uh, variations with, with very dry periods, as well as heavy rain, it has impacted the raw water, so it's less stable than, than it used to be. So that okay, means the... that they need to, to handle the, the preparation of, of drinking water in a different way than, than historically. So it's not just extracting 
or collecting houses, yeah, the, the water, we need, it needs to be prepared, the water. So what, what that preparation entitles, is there? It, it depends what, what, what the water source is. Uh, in, if we look at Sweden, for instance, the majority of the water comes from surface water, so lakes, lakes uh, mainly. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a number of groundwater works as well. So, so the major, majority of the, of the waterworks itself in numbers is actually groundwater waterworks. But the majority of the volume comes from, from sur surface water. So it's, it's a bit contradictory to, in that respect. But uh, if the water quality is not good or not as good as, as it should be, so then what, what can we do or what, how can we help once the water is well, extracted, or, or if it is surface water, as you say, most, most of it, then what is this preparation of water entitled? Is a chemical process? Is a physical process? Is, so is there any way we can help them? Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so groundwater, which basically have a relatively good quality, uh, but very often have a very low pH. So it's, it's a bit acid. Uh, in that respect, uh, and at the same time, it have uh, carbon dioxide, manganese, uh, iron it is quite common, especially in certain areas of, of the countries. Uh, so here we can help them by, by uh, certain products uh, that we have in our portfolio, which have been developed now, partly thanks to, to this uh, inter interview session. So what we do is that we uh, mix the, the water uh, that comes from the groundwater. We mix it with, with uh, in an aeration process, so we uh, get dissolved, uh, re reduces the car carbon dioxide of the water, as well as certain s s solvable uh, iron and manganese components as well. Uh, but by that, the pH also goes up. Uh, to a certain level. Uh, in many, many ways, that's not enough. So from that point, we have also an alkanization step, meaning that we uh, let, let the water pass through uh, a limestone filter. Uh, it's a patented solution that we have to, to increase the, the pH e even more. Uh, and that seems to be a very big interest and, and we have been delivering those products for, for almost 20 years inside our group but not in in all markets uh, so but what i hear now from from the customers is that they are extremely curious and interested in this limestone alkalization because it's a safe process you don't need to to handle it so careful as, as uh, other methods and there is no risk of uh, let's say over creating too high pH because a very high pH can also be, be very hazardous and uh, lethal even in, in, if it becomes too high uh, pH. But with, with limestone, there is no risk because it's a passive product and, uh, and pro process. So uh, whatever you do, if, if you have an electrical failure, for instance, stopping the process, the pH will never go up above 9.5, for instance, which still is very much on the safe side. So it's passing or extracting this water that originally comes more on the acid side and mm -hmm. al 
alkalinize, alkalinize, is that a word? So alkalinize yeah. the, 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 the water. But this doesn't happen inside of the pipeline. So this, this lime, um, uh, uh, stone is where it is, is, it's, is another it's chamber. A what, what, what? solution that we provide. Okay. So, so it's, uh, can be built above ground or below ground. And it's based on the Veolite solution that we have. Um, so, so Veolite is a very good technology for this purpose. We can build different kind of diameters of, of, of the tank, different heights, uh, and it's a very safe uh, technology in that respect that, that we can ensure completely tight and watertight products. So nothing leaks in, nothing leaks out for, from, from, from the tank. The material itself and the, and the process to produce is, I mean, is that certified for drinking water, to handle drinking water? Yes, yes. We, we only use uh, certified material for that purpose. All right. So then from the extraction of the water or even if it's just collection when it comes to, to from um, surface sources, this preparation of water and then let's say if well if it is a lake maybe not that close to the city so then we still need to well move it of course move it a few or several kilometers i don't know to the city uh what is the next the next step there that we have because so, so we store uh, it and uh, then you have to increase the pressure i guess to to i mean to it's, it's yes. a matter of volume but but before that uh, so so a waterwork want to have a stable process it doesn't want to increase and decrease the capacity uh, utilization of, of the waterwork. So for that purpose, the waterwork is usually producing water towards a res reservoir tank. It, it's a special kind of tank that hosts the water and should be able to cope with the, with the different need that, that is in, in a city. So in the morning, for instance, when everyone takes the showers or, or in the evenings, when every, everyone started their washing machines or, or start to cook food, etc., then obviously the need of water is, is increasing. And at night time it goes down. So therefore this reservoir tank is used to cope with the, with the variation through, through, the, through the day. To stabilize, actually, yeah, because if the water coming from the source comes at different times, at different volumes, with different pressures, I, I can, I can imagine in this reservoir tank, we can, well, we store it, yes, but it can get stabilized, normalized. Yes. So it, it's constant, the flow that comes out of the reservoir tank goes, well, wherever it has to go. So that, that's the main point of having this, this reservoir tanks that depending the, um, the, the demand for the for the city, they can be how big they can be, or maybe there's a series of reservoir tanks. Well, how yes. big they can be? This, the capacity of this. The, the biggest tank we can produce in one shot, if if I say like that, is a bit bigger than two hundred cubic meters. That could be delivered directly to a customer and installed. But usually the the tanks are much bigger than that. So so then there is several of those tanks or if the customer only want one big tank then Yuponor can also go and do the final installation at site 200 cubic meters so, but then is maybe we as you say maybe one big one or two or three 
in part are interconnected or, or yeah, part of the same yeah. reservoir facility, let's call yeah. it. So that depends, but it's fully customizable. So depending yeah. on it, it can be done in, in, in spec- uh, meeting, fulfilling the specific needs. And the good thing is that since we weld all this together, it becomes physically one t- tank in the end without any, any joints or, or, or so. So it, it's a safe product for, for many years to come. All right. So then once we have this or we ensure this constant flow, constant volume getting out of the of the reservoir tank, if if it needs to well travel quite some significant distance. So what's what's the next step there? What can we have? Is it a matter of to keep that flow and the volume? Is it we need to increase the pressure or how does that work? Yeah, Depends a bit where the city is compared to, to the water work. Very often you need to raise the pressure to, to and transport the water, for instance, to, to a, a high point reservoir as well, like a water tower. So, so that means that you need a pressure boosting station. And that station have the responsibility to increase the pressure enough to transport the, the water to another reservoir. It could also be so that it's responsible to, to elevate the, the pressure to distribute the water to, to a certain area. To elevate it to these high water towers or also maybe to, to complete the, the, the trip if it is going up a hill or is yes. there any other natural obstacle? Yeah, so you, you, need, you need a certain pressure to, to get the water uh, distributed to, to all the consumers. I mean, you have a massive amount of consumers in, in a city, and, and for that purpose, you need to have a, a, a internal pressure of the water compared to to, to the position where, where the consumer is. And then once we we pass the other side, it's called, once we go to the other mm-hmm. side, or once we have this water tower, okay, now it's coming out. Mm-hmm. It comes with a lot of pressure. Then, if we on one side we increase the pressure. At some point, we need to reduce it the, the, somehow, somewhere, because otherwise uh, the end consumer will, of course, they cannot, they cannot receive on their own home tap, like super high pressure. Yeah. So, so that also depends wh- where the consumer lives. So if the consumer lives in, in a high position, then it doesn't need to, to be, be reduced. But if, if the consumer lives, lives in a very low position in the city, then they will probably get too high pressure. So that means that there is need of also reducing the pressure in those points. And there is a solution for that also. It's, it's called a press, pressure reducer or press, pressure reducing chamber. With all this super high pressure, I mean, the pipes on their high pressure, of course, from inside to outside, uh, there should be at some point some risk of leakage leaks here and there. And of course, with all their infrastructure, I may assume that is even worse, the problem. So how, how where we are on this, or how can we uh, uh, prevent or, or, or deal with this leakage? Yeah, rates? so this was uh, also pinpointed in, in this uh, interview with, with the customers that we did. Uh, and depending on what city it is or, or what, what town it is and what, what country it is, the, the leakage rate di- differs. So, so in Denmark, the leakage rate usually is around 
10% or just below 10%. That, that's maybe the average leakage rate in, in, uh, in Denmark. In uh, the other countries, Sweden, Nor Norway and Finland uh, have a higher leakage rate usually. Uh, and even small cities have extremely high leakage rates. So it, it very much depends uh, what place, how many meters of pipes and how big uh, organization does the utility have. Talking about high leakage rate, so what, uh, well, of course, without naming any names, but how high are we talking about? How, how much of that water is getting lost? Like 20, 30, 40%, 50%? How much is high? Yeah. I, I, as I said, it, it differs between, between place to, to place. Uh, and in, I think, uh, if I say like this, in average, I think in, in the Nordic countries, it's about 15%, maybe close to 20% in average. But in certain uh, smaller towns, in, especially if with, with uh, let's say, a big network, but not so many inhabitants in, in, in the city, they could have like 40% like leakage rate. Anyway, 40, even 20. I mean, 20% of the water that was supposed to be delivered, 20% is lost. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a quite... A, financial impact significant financial impact for the water utility i guess because then i mean all the effort to extract prepare and then deliver and halfway 20 percent gets lost yeah. i mean is there a way to quantify that financially i don't know this is because hey and it's not it's only, only it's not only water i mean it's also chemicals for the treatment it's uh, electrical energy for pumping and, and boosting the water Pressure, so so it's uh, and especially with the electricity cost that we, we have been facing the last year, it's a substantial part uh, of the cost structure. So and it this goes away for, for basically no use. You don't get anything for that money. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking because it's a significant, like, economic lose for the for the water utility um they're losing literally money yeah. when 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 this i mean in all aspects the, the the actual water that is leakage and as you said all the consumables the chemicals and, and etc and the electricity that they use to of course to move water from one place to another so this is a significant uh could be a significant economical impact on the finances of the of the um water utility and when we have been times, when we have been discussing this with customers uh, and interviewing them, there is obviously different cost in, for different utilities. How much one cubic meter uh, water production and, and distribution is, but it, it seems to be in the ballpark of forty to fifty euro cent per cubic meter. I mean, this that's that just it's it only needs a little math and just multiply and and then along the year. So that's, that's what I mean, that's, that's significant. So it's in the best interest, in the best financial interest of the utility to keep, of course, a low leakage rate and uh, to keep in shape the whole network. Now, easier said than done, of course, yeah. I mean, this is not a perfect world. And uh, 
if we are talking about financial situations, yeah, well, the whole world is is, is currently going through um, difficult economic uh, situations, and some countries more than than others. But I guess that this is one key thing. So the profitability of the of the water utility should be top of mind. Yeah, yeah. So I... then, also for in terms of investing more money or reinvesting, should I say? It, in in uh, renew renovating the areas that they should they they, they should do it. Um, so that's I mean there's no unlimited amount of money, right? So then how how they are they are dealing with this? I guess that big cities may not may not have that problem, but maybe small cities or small municipalities maybe a bit money constrained. I think they all have their challenges, but, but I think the smaller utilities have even bigger challenges because they do not have so big organization and also the taxation of income in, in, in the utilities is not that big. And if, if you look at den less dense populated areas, uh, when many people live on the, more on the countryside, it's more me meter pipes per inhabitant in general. Because so if this, yes, sorry, go ahead. So if ma many people live in a very dense populated area, there is not so big needs of many meters of pipes. So it's easy to have control of that network. But if people are spreading out, which has been the case historically, then obviously there is also bigger network. So whether it's because of the size of the any given municipality, whether it's because of their good or bad financial situation, mm. but if there's limited resources of the, the, the small utilities have or have limited resources, then I guess they, they may need extra extra support in in terms of advising, in terms of Helping them understand how how their network is 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 behaving, uh, is there something we can do to, to to support them? Yes, I mean in general, mo monitoring the network is uh, already a big advantage. Knowing where where the leakages are, because then the customer can also use that knowledge to renovate the, the network in, in where they have the biggest problem. And this is something that is ongoing, and many utilities have been put, putting in flow meters in, in, in the network for, for many years. But again, the one with less resources may be a little bit later than, than others. Right. So then, well, that's yeah, that's uh, that's yet yet another challenge. That mm. well, some I guess some expert advice some expert extra support on that that's always welcome yeah yeah because there's also uh, as you said there's the financial pressure there's the um the different types of challenges whether it's pressure leakages that go along the along the, the network literally the other day i was i was walking uh where where, where i live at, outside of outside of helsinki and there was this big open street. And I went, oh, okay, well, I guess what they are doing. 
um, and yeah, effectively they were uh, unearthing or getting taking out some some of the um, some of the pipelines. But the thing that um, I got a bit surprised is that they have certain type of brushes because they were kind of brushing inside of the pipe, and that was clearly uh, drinking water. But what it it came out of that didn't look too much like potable water or or actually for human consumption. It was quite disgusting. So still, they need to do some this type of maintenance to clean inside of, of, of the pipes. So is that that frequent? It, it ha happens or, or it's done, done uh, maybe not on a regular basis. It probably depends from utility to utility, but, but uh, cleaning or, or pigging the network is done on, on a relatively, uh, not frequent, but, but uh, maybe every five years or uh, a bit more, more than that. And as you said, it doesn't look very good, uh, that water, because there is a lot of sediment and debris in, inside the, the pipe, maybe corrosion of old uh, metal pipes, and all that comes out when they do this picking or, or cleaning of the pipe. Because these are all the inside of the pipe, these are all the residues that accumulate, as you said, after several years, they accumulate there. But no matter the pressure, so they still, those, those sediments still don't move. So the pressure of the water is not enough to, to like wash them out. Yeah, true. So it needs a mechanical process or it needs some, it's a, some it's physical process. It's a plug that, that is inserted into the, into the pipe. And then that plug, usually a rubber plug or something, is then going through through the pipe and brings all, all these residuals and, and uh, sediment and non-wanted stuff uh, to get loose from the pipe. And then it's flush, flushed out in, in, at another point. Well, hey, if there's, if the pipe inside this this type of, this, this picking, this, this cleaning inside, and this needs to be done well after a few years, uh, they were opening the, the entire street to do that. I mean, of course, deviating the traffic and, and etc. So is that, I mean, can can it be a better way to do that? Open, other than opening, open again the, the, the whole street or the, or the sidewalk to get to the pipe and then open? Yeah. Because that be, seems be, like a much significant investment. Because the, the cleaning itself takes only maybe an hour or a few hours depending on, on how big uh, distance it will, will be, be cleaned and uh, the, the size of the, of the diameter of the pipe but the preparation as you said cutting the pipe etc uh, excavating that could be two days work investment yes exactly so what 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 can be done better yes so what we propose is that when you do an excavation uh, to be able to do the picking, then you should also set in the logical product picking chamber. So that is like a, a crossing of, of the pipe where you can uh, enter or exit debris and, uh, and the plug itself. So, so then you don't need to excavate more than once. So next time when you do, do a cleaning, then you open a plug or a valve, put in the, this uh, cleaning plug, and then you shoot that out in a, 
at the exit point. So it's instead of opening again the whole street, so it's it's kind of a, a an entrance, a chamber that is already there, hidden or not, but it's yeah. you only go and open th that that part, not the exactly. entire, I mean, block of or street, yeah. and from there you can you can insert all the uh, cleaning uh, equipment. Yes, and there is specialized companies, uh, contractors doing this kind of cleaning. So if they just have the entrance. They have all the machine to, to do do the, the work itself. All right. Well, then this, I mean, clearly, I mean, financial impact, positive financial impact, and uh, keeping, of course, keeping the uh, the status of the of the network in, in good in, in good shape. So yes. that's, that's yeah, that's that's another yeah, another thing that maybe yeah, the water utilities may want to may want to. Uh, uh, yeah, we want to think about, it. and uh, but what about the general uh, understanding of what is happening at any given point in their in their network? Uh, you raised the point of yeah, they have been storing flow meters like well for 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 many years. Uh, is that enough to really know where the leakage is happening, when they may happen, uh, where in which part of my network I may have? Yeah. better quality De than in others depending on how you you segment your, your network you can get better or, or less good uh, insight where, where the leak uh, leakage is, is happening so you you need a number of those measuring chambers or flow meter chambers and you divide your network into something called the district metering area so dma is is a popular word uh, for, for that purpose and if you have segmented your network and you have uh, flow meters in those locations, then you can at least see in what DMA you have the leak. Right. So there's actually there's quite a number of uh, of challenges here. If we can summarize, is on one hand the urbanization. That continues and that's well it will continue most likely as, as the economic activity develops and uh, how fast or how cost efficient the utilities are are dealing with that whether it's renovating or building new second challenge is as you mentioned due to all these climate variations the raw water the the this the water coming from those sources may or may not be anymore the best quality may not be the same in the same constant flow so we need to keep adapting to those or what utilities need to keep adapting to that new reality new ways of preparing the water you mentioned the ph the level of acidity the level of alkaline alkalinization uh, or aeration to ensure the constant flow at different hours of the day because the, the peak of the demand is different uh, if we have these reservoir tanks, that could be a way to, to, to preserve. And since we don't know always through which type of ground the pipeline, the drinking water pipeline should go, well, barrier pipes should, should go the, I would say, the default or the only choice pretty much. So to, to ensure that, that the, the water going inside will not be contaminated in, in, in any way, uh, managing the pressure in different ways, depending on the geographical obstacles, depending the the, the, the type of demand you have, uh, cleaning the inside 
the maintenance of, of, of side of the pipes. So actually, there's there's a huge amount of things that the, the network managers need to need to think. And the, of course, the materials they should be certified for 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 drinking water. Um, I have also heard something about uh, the directive of the of the drinking water. That's something that is evolving as well. I don't know if it's only in Sweden or is it across no, the it's, or maybe in Europe? It's a European uh, directive uh, and it's slowly ca- coming in, into force. So that will also affect how uh, the utilities, what kind of products and, and material that they use, which is in contact with drinking water. And there so I, I would also say that plastic pipes uh, and, and also tanks and chambers for, for, for made of, of plastic is a very good choice because they have all, already the, all the certifications to, to be allowed to be used in drinking water. Because the the certification needs to be for the pipe, for the chamber, but also anything that goes inside, the flow meter, the, any other thing, everything yes. should be certified, right? Every material. Uh, that, that is in contact with drinking water to, right, to safeguard so then, that we drink uh, healthy w- water also in the future. Well, there's, as, as we said, summarizing all these challenges, well, there's there's a lot of things to 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 consider uh, yeah, to deliver safe and clean water to, well, to the end consumers, to, to you, me, all of us, which are, of course, consumers of, of water. There's, yeah, there's, there's many challenges. Uh, what would you recommend if, if any after all these conversations that you have had outside there with, with with many water utilities what would be the thing that you you would recommend them to do or which which area is the one that you consider they, they should be focusing mostly i think a good way to, to handle all those challenges uh, not to put ourselves too much into the center of of, of the solution but but uh, Familiar yourself a bit with Yupon's assortment of, of, of uh, drinking water solution. I mean, most customers know that we are, are famous or, or known for, for production of, of pipes and fittings. But, but if we see the entire portfolio from raw water to basically to, to the consumer's tap, uh, it, it's a it's a I must say I'm proud of, of this portfolio, and uh, that, that's very uh, one way to to, uh, to understand when you do do renovation or, or repair or expansion. What should you care of when you when you do do the work? Because you you invest a lot of money, uh, and you want to have as high lifetime as possible for for for, for this investment. Exactly. The lifetime investment, which is, well, is an investment made with public money, with yeah, taxes, yeah, with exactly. your money, with my money, with everybody's money. So that's, I guess, that's in the interest of everyone, how cost efficient this distribution from source to tap of, of drinking water can be. So, Magnus, thank you very much for your for sharing your wisdom today with us. Thank and you. as we evolve and as we things how uh, as we see how things are moving 
maybe we should we should catch up in a couple of months or three or I don't know. So to see what what else what you have been uh, uh, listening from from outside there, and uh, that would be really insightful. So we can continue sharing sharing more insights here. I would be happy to do that. So thank you very much, Magnus. Thank you very much, Urbanistas, for listening or watching, depending where you are. We will continue with more insights and more things for you. Keep up the good work. And thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upono Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.